What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the In the Round podcast. You got Matt and Tyler. What's and with up? us today, one of our good buddies. He's in town from West Tennessee, Mr. Matthew McSway. Matthew, how you doing, buddy? Doing well, doing well. Thank y'all for having me on. Dude, no problem. Thanks for coming on. And uh, you're back and forth quite a bit from out towards Memphis, one music city to the music city. Yeah. What's uh, this trip been like for you out here? It's been good. So I, I got a, a, a job that's perfect for what I do. Um, I'm in sales, and so part of my territory is in Nashville. So I got it scheduled right now where I come to Nashville for about three or four days every other week. Last week I was here as well, uh, and this week just happened out with that schedule. So it's been a... It's been good. I usually try to get here and work during the day and write during the night. So work during the day and night. Right now, just doing two different things. Yeah, so you're kind of doing two jobs while you're working here. You're doing the music thing and then also your professional career. So that's got to be pretty cool that they can kind of, I don't want, I mean, overlap in a way where you can can get both or you can network and go out in Midtown and meet people and get writing sessions. And when did that process start for you of kind of those two overlapping? So I started this job in February, uh, started doing all my traveling and stuff in March. And so it's just kind of worked out between, you know, meeting Logan, Ethan, and Jody. We, we've got dates on the schedule pretty much for every time that I come. So I'll, I'll work uh, in the morning and, and afternoon, and then we'll get together and, and usually write that evening or, or go out and network or even play a show. Like uh, last week uh, on Wednesday, my buddy Skylar Anderson was playing up at up – at, uh, Luke's and so I worked during the day got up there that afternoon he had me play a few songs so some of my coworkers got to nice. see me play so it's kind of kind of cool yeah and, and you mentioned a lot of mutual friends that we have and stuff so we're gonna get to those guys in a second yeah. how you met all them now how does Matthew McSwain get involved with the music thing what kind of what when did you get your start of doing songwriting and pursuing yeah. music uh so it goes back a while and then it stops and then it kicked back up whenever I was graduating college so when I was when I was younger, I used to sing a lot in church. We had fifth, fifth Sunday singings, so every Sunday uh, on the fifth Sunday, which only happened, you know, two or three times a year, it would be nothing but singing hymns and people getting up and doing yeah. special music and things like that. And so I would get up and sing the same hymn every single time. And then one time, for whatever reason, I got up there, I was about seven years old, and I forgot every single word to the song that I sang every fifth Sunday. started crying on stage because I was, you know, real young, and I stopped singing for in public until I was in college. So it, uh, it picked back up in college uh, with a buddy of mine, a guy named uh, Steve Mokler came by and played a show. And I uh, never heard of Steve Mokler, who I definitely have now. He's, uh, he's my favorite, favorite songwriter, singer. And I told my buddy about him. He was like, well, I'll play guitar and you sing, so let's play some Steve Mokler songs. So we would go up to the fraternity house and play Steve Mokler songs till about 3 in the morning almost every day. And then that turned into open mic nights singing Steve Mokler. And, uh, and then we... We moved apart. I moved down to Memphis. Uh, that's when I got my first guitar in 2015, and I was like, if I'm going to keep doing this, I better start playing myself. So then I started playing and, and writing stuff and sending him voice memos because at the time I couldn't, still couldn't play guitar well enough to actually write a song. So I'd send him a voice memo. We'd meet up that weekend, and we'd hammer out a song, and that's kind of how it, it started developing. Met several people after that. Damn, dude. That's pretty cool. Now, what fraternity were you guys in? Uh, I was SAE, Sigma Alpha Epsilon. All right. Yeah, at Union University, which is a small private Christian school in West Tennessee, so it's not the, the party stories that you're thinking of. So the rise of the Christian University allows uh, Greek life. Yeah, yeah, we only had three of them. And uh, the cool thing about it is we're still really, you know, close-knit and intertwined with uh, the university itself and kind of what it does. So we had a bunch of philanthropies and did a lot of stuff work around the community and in the school too. So you kind of got the, the national, you know, fraternity life, but you also got to still 
you know, live out the university, I guess, mindset. So Yeah, no, that's, that's awesome. awesome. Yeah, that is cool, man. And now, when did you start coming to Nashville? Uh, when did that process start for you? So the first time that I actually did something musically in Nashville would have been in September or August of last year. I had somebody hit me up and asked me to play a football kickoff show. And so I was kind of just like the background music in the parking lot while everybody was watching like football on the big screen. So it wasn't actually a show, but it, it was fun. It was, I, I really enjoyed it. But as far as like what I'm doing now, writing music and recording stuff, uh, I started recording in January of 2018. Um, but it wasn't until it wasn't until uh, not too long ago that I actually started writing with people. Okay, that's uh, that's awesome. And now something about Nashville, people like to party here. Yeah, it's it's a wild scene, and we've had some nights out together, and and you've gotten to see some of that. What was your first night that you were that was like kind of hazy for you? Yeah, uh, if you can remember yeah, it, no, whether it's, whether it's uh, out with Ethan or, it's kinda, or Logan, it's kind of hard to say because you, you know a lot of times, especially with me not living here full time, usually when I'm in town, it it, it kind of centers around you know the seriousness of it, you know writing music and, and playing shows and networking. So even when I go out, I try to stay in the same mindset of being able to at least carry on a conversation. Now, you know, I don't want it to be a situation where I run into somebody on the one night that I go out and it's a really good connection, but I'm not sober enough to remember that yeah. conversation. So I try to, <laughs> you know, even if we go out, I try to, you know, I try to have a good time and, and you know, have a few, but I try not to, uh, to get too, too rowdy. But usually it's, it's the, you know, the Monday nights going to Whiskey Jam and, you know, Red Door and, and different things like that. Nothing too, too wild. Yeah. Do you remember your first night going out here? Uh, yeah, I do. Uh, the first night that I went out, went out with like with with buddies and stuff. I saw a, I saw a, a lineup at Whiskey Jam, and of course I was new to it, didn't know a whole lot of people. But whenever I hit up Logan and and uh, Jody and them, they actually knew a few people that were playing. So we got to go up there and and listen to. It. I can't remember off the top of my head who was playing that night, but the first time that I actually like went out was at, at Whiskey Jam. Okay. Yeah. Which is completely different than downtown. Yeah. Which I prefer midtown. Yeah. I know Tyler prefers midtown yeah, as well. I prefer not as many people. Yeah, or at least it being local, which is what's so cool about the way this town works. The networking is you can make just as many, like, like going from the professional lifestyle to the musical lifestyle, which is very much the opposite yeah. of the networking. Like, yeah. you're, you're, you're dressing up and you're doing your, your thing professionally. And then networking in the music scene here in Nashville, you're having a beer or having a cocktail with somebody hanging out at Red Door. Like, yeah, exactly. a dive bar with, with smoke clouds everywhere, you exactly. know? Exactly. But it's still, a, you know, it's still a quiet enough. You can find a place in Midtown that's quiet enough to where if you want to get off and talk, talk music or, you know, build that relationship, you can get off and have a conversation over beer where it's, it's not as easy when you're, downtown on Broadway oh, and yeah. in those live band situations, which has its own, you know, its own cool thing. You get to hear live music and, and if, it, if I didn't like live music, I wouldn't be doing what I'm, you know, doing here. So I do yeah. respect that, that, that side of it too. Now talking about the music, uh, first live, first concert you went to? First concert I went to. Uh, the only thing that sticks out, Big and Rich came to a, a uh, it's called like Skull Bones. It was like this really honky tonk bar, not sounds, bar. It was like an outdoor country. venue. Sounds country. Yeah, it just yeah. sounds so country. It was in the middle of nowhere, and of course, I was really young. So really, what I just did the whole time was run around and play with other kids that were around there. But that was the first like big concert that I remember. But uh, like I said, my, well, my dad was, is a pastor, and so really? we okay. had a lot of Southern gospel quartets and Southern gospel shows that were actually coming to to like our church and things like that so so growing up in the church uh 
how much do you think that influenced you with music and with writing and all that kind of stuff? Yeah. So, um, with Southern gospel, there's a lot of, a lot of soul. There's a lot of harmonies. There's a lot of, you know, writing. Yeah, Just a Mountain Dew, y'all. Don't worry. <laughs> the, the writing itself is all serious, you know? Uh, and so it's kind of give me, as, as far as writing songs, I try to, you know, there's a, there's a time and place for writing funny songs, but you know, when I'm writing a song, I try to, at some point in that song, if not the whole entire song, there's, I try to have there be a moment that is clever enough, catchy enough, or, you know, heartfelt enough to where as soon as the song is over, they want to listen to it again. So I try to, to, to write that way, if that makes sense. <laughs> no, it, oh, it definitely does. You're, you're good at what you do, man. For a guy that's not quite here yet, a lot of people that, that I've seen talk to you and that I've even said, I've even said this, like the moving to Nashville for you, you're able to do it right now where you're living out in West Tennessee and doing your thing and doing what you got to do and still do the music thing. What's that commuting back and forth like? So it's, uh, it's been really cool because, you know, a lot of times whenever I get up here and we start writing, we already know generally, generally what we're going to write about because while I've been home for the, the week before, you know, I've come up with ideas, Jody and, and Ethan and, Logan, people I write with, will send me ideas, and we kick around these melodies. And, and some of them, I've already written half the song while I was home. Uh, and so whenever we get up here, it, it's kind of like we already have these ideas. We'll still kick around ideas. You know, what have you guys come up with? And then usually we settle on something that we've already been talking about or discussing. So it's kind of getting in that mindset before I even get here of knowing what we actually want to do when we write that song. What's the, where's, where's your ideal place to be writing? Are you a guy that writes in the car on your, on your drives back and forth? Are you a guy that's hanging out somewhere country in the woods and writing? Are you sitting at your office desk and writing? Where, where's, <laughs> where are you most creative? Yeah, uh, it's a little bit of everything. You know, inspiration can hit anywhere in, in, in its change. You know, the, the first few songs that I wrote when I was, I was working at Enterprise downtown Memphis, which is just right, right down the road from actually the Mississippi River. And you know, there's plenty of places down there to go park and walk around in the park and stuff. And so... I would go on lunch break and got that hour lunch break and I would go down there and just park by the river. And uh, that's why I wrote Moonshine, which was one of the first songs on, the, it was actually the first song that I finished and it's on the EP that, that I came out with last November. So a lot of my inspiration uh, at the beginning was, you know, writing outdoors and just in like a tranquil environment and stuff like that. But now as far as like ideas and stuff, yeah, I spend a lot of time on the road driving with my job. So I have a lot of ideas. My phone's full of, just like everybody else, my phone's full of voice memos and notes and things like that. But I could be in the shower and think of something or literally, you know, laying in bed at one o'clock at night and I'll do like a quiet, raspy voice memo on my phone because I don't want to wake up my roommates and and the next morning yeah. I'll wake up and in a haze I'll be like, you know, that was a really good idea. Or I'll be like, why in the world did I wake up to sing that at one in the yeah, morning? It's, like, it's like a blessing and a curse because your mind's just always going. I've heard Logan talk about that a lot yeah. where his mind is just going all the time with with ideas of of writing or just music or just melodies and things like that. Like that's gotta be pretty crazy. Yeah, it is. You, you hear, uh, you hear phrases and things that people say and, and it gives you an idea of, dang, I need to write a song about that. I wrote a song last week called coming or going. And it was not necessarily about what my mom used to say, but my mom, anytime that she would be pulling the driveway when I was leaving, she'd be like, are you coming or going? Want to know, you know, am I, did I just get here or am I heading out? And so, you kind of hear these sayings and then you put a play on words and you, and you take that saying and turn it into a song. So it's really cool to be able to do that. Yeah, no, absolutely. 
And now um, for you, uh, what do you consider good songwriting? Like who are some people that you look up to in terms of the writers that are in town? Oh, you mentioned Steve Mokler, who's an awesome guy. A fellow Yankee, by the way. I I will say, as a Northerner, we claim Steve Mokler. He's from Pittsburgh, which is cool because you got all you you country boys and all you Southern guys are damn good at writing songs. We'll take our Yankees when we can get them, you know? Yeah, Pittsburgh guy. Yeah, so so a guy that went to... uh, went to my college, was in my fraternity. He graduated the year before I got there. Uh, his name is Josh Miller, who's wrote uh, If It's Meant to Be for Florida oh, Line. He wow. wrote uh, uh, More Girls Like You, the Kip Moore song. And so that was the first like songwriter that I reached out to when, whenever I was first coming to Nashville and recording stuff. Um, but as far, and I told him that day, he was like, so what do you want to do? What do you, do you want to be a writer? Do you want to be a performer? I was like, you know, I'm so new to it. I don't really know what that looks like. In my mind, I want to write and sing. I want to do both. And so just some names that came to mind would be, you know, people like Drew Parker, uh, people like Ray Fulcher, um, you know, that whole 50 Egg and, and that, that circle because a lot of the reasons why I started writing songs was hearing Luke Combs. And so I kind of get that, uh, that feel from them. They write songs that make me want to write, yeah. you know. Which that, that's hard to do to get to write a song that makes somebody else want to write. That's got to be a damn good song. And those guys and girls, like, and then you throw in there, like, like Farron Rachels and Meg Patrick and Lenny Wilson, like that whole group of just, yeah. I call them like the, the, the Midtown Revolution almost, the people that are playing on Demumbrian that you see on, uh, out on Division Street at Winners and Losers and things like that. They're just killing it right now. So that, that's got to yeah. be a cool group to yeah. sit back and watch. We were, uh, we were leaving Tin Roof one night, and this is when I first started you know, getting here and writing with Logan and stuff. And, and we were walking by and Taylor Phillips was playing, which I've met Taylor Phillips and hung out with him since then. So it's it's uh, a little different. But then I'd only heard of Taylor, Taylor Phillips and heard his music and he was playing. I was like, dang, is that Taylor Phillips? And of course, I didn't know Logan and then we're like actually friends with him and, and Jody or whatever. They're like, yeah, it's, it's Taylor. And they went and said hey to him. I was like, dang, it's really cool. <laughs> That's a guy. It's really cool, <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's a boy, that's a boy with, with some big cuts, with some number ones and stuff. And that's what's so cool is in this town, you never know who you're going to bump into. Exactly, exactly. Especially especially at uh, Whiskey Jam. I mean, you go up there and you see Randy Hauser and Randy Travis and, and Jimmy Allen and Mitchell Tenpenny and, you know, all these people that are regulars there. Uh, they're just coming out to hear good music and, and network and meet people. So it's really cool. Yeah. Yeah, I got to ask you the um, something that we brought up a lot, most of the time with the West Tennessee guys. The barbecue that you guys have out there. This is something I know close to Tyler's heart. Something that I've I've grown into being down here for a little while now. Memphis barbecue. Y'all don't mess around out there. We don't. We don't. We have a barbecue fest uh, that happens every year. It just happened not too long ago, and it's just like a nationwide competition. Uh, it's the whole where where actually Bill Street Music Fest, the music festival that goes on every year, is. It's a. It's all in May. So like one street one one week will be the. Memphis and May, Bill Street Music Festival, the next week will be like the Barbecue Fest, and there's an Italian Fest, and there's all these things going on, and so... That sounds like you're up your I was going to say, I got to go to Italian yeah. Fest, yeah, see how you so guys get just, down with Italian. It's so many tents, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of tents, and some of them are like double-decker tents, or like two-story tents, and uh, and it's just people drinking and and smoking barbecue, and yeah. so yeah, that's... What's your, fa- what's your favorite thing to do? Like, you go to a barbecue joint, what are you getting? Uh, it depends. Uh, I'm a real big barbecue nacho guy, especially if it's the first time I'm going there. Because barbecue really nachos. What are, barbe- what are barbecue you, uh, nachos? They're nachos, <laughs> but they have like barbecue. Barbecue sauce and cheese and jalapenos. Sometimes and, pulled pork or chicken. Have you been over yeah. to uh, Smoking Thighs yet here in town? I have not. So Smoking Thighs has some uh, 
They're kind of more of like a Texas based, yeah, like barbecue thing. But they have they do all chicken. Oh, okay, like they don't have any pulled pork or anything like that. Like they are all chicken. First off, their mac and cheese is amazing, but they have the uh, pulled chicken barbecue nachos. Are they a, are they a white sauce? Are they a red sauce? What do they got going on? They're a red sauce. Okay. But they put uh they put cheese dip on top of it too. Mm. Oh, yeah, dude. Yeah. It's amazing. There's a place down in Memphis called the Barbecue Shop, and it's a hole in the wall in the middle of this little like rundown strip, and they make their own sauce like in-house every day, and their brisket is really good. Are they as good as Central? Because I've been to Central. So the sauce, the sauce makes it, and I think the sauce does put them over the top. Okay. Yeah. All right. That's a statement right there because the sauce does a lot of the, the a lot of the boys that have been out in Memphis, like Ethan and, and Scott and all those guys, they swear by Central. So that's Central is amazing, but you know when you're in Memphis, there's like <laughs> eight or nine Centrals. And, yeah, and, and it's yeah. Well, you got to go to the Nashville original. Yeah. It's, it's like Martin's too. here. Yeah. So okay. It is really good, but the barbecue shop, like it's the only one. It's. The, the owner is, like, still working there every day. He comes by your table every time you eat. Hey, how, how, how is everything? And yeah. you can actually talk to him about, like, the sauce, and he'll yeah. tell you, like, how he makes it. And they actually sell their sauce around town in Kroger, which it tastes a little different because they have to put these preservatives and stuff in them to make them actually be able yeah. to sit on the shelf. But it's it's phenomenal. You ever get a chance, we'll, we'll take you down there. Well, we'll have to we'll have to. Oh, do yeah, that we'll be making sure. that trip for sure. <laughs> yeah. We'll have to yeah. do that for sure. Now, growing up in Memphis with the music scene out there, did that influence you at all, being around Beale So Street? I actually grew up in Jackson, Tennessee. All right, uh, so you're another moved, Jackson one. Okay. Yeah, moved to Memphis in 2015 when I graduated. But with that being said, if I had to say of, like, three artists that stick out in my mind growing up, one of them would be Elvis just because my mom literally loves Elvis. Like, everything she owns is... Elvis. Anything I get her for Christmas is Elvis. So definitely Memphis has some. some What's the most obscure Elvis item that she has? Uh, most. But you're like, mom, mom, I can't believe you have that. I don't know. Bobblehead license plate poster. Well, well, one thing I got her last year was this clock on the wall, and the clock moves the bottom half, so his legs just swing. Like he's dancing, but it moves like that's how it keeps time is his legs swinging. So that's that's pretty cool. It's right there by our desk at home. Yeah. Okay, that's cool. Yeah. A, a hip swinging Elvis clock. <laughs> Luke, Luke Bryan will probably have one of those clocks by the time he's all said and done. Yeah, living in his damn skinny jeans. So Elvis, who are some other uh, influential artists for you growing up? Uh, yeah. So uh, she was also a really big Kenny Chesney fan. So we listened to a lot of Kenny Chesney uh, going up and down the road. And then uh, there's a Southern gospel. A guy or band called Brian Free and Assurance, and so my uh, those guys are amazing. Yeah, so <laughs> like Brian Free, they developed a uh, a relationship with my dad, being a pastor, and so every church that my dad was at, and then you know almost about once a year, Brian Free would come and and play a concert, and so that's he has a very unique high pitched voice, so his voice just yeah. stands out in my mind when I think. If about You saw music that, uh, so if you saw that video that's on YouTube, it's like. I think it's out of North Carolina, but it's like the worst gospel singer ever. No, I haven't. And he like he like starts talking like at the beginning, like you kind of know that it's going to be bad because he starts talking like mad shit. Oh, and he was no. like, "I've been in competitions with Brian Free, Brian Free and Assurance, and like I've outsang him every time." And then he goes to start <laughs> no. singing this song. That's a lie, dude. Yeah. <laughs> listen, I'll have to pull this up after. Like I literally will sit there because like. Especially coming from like the Christian world and all myself, like I would used to play these videos at camp yeah. and just to like torture kids. It's great. So Brian Free has a song called uh, "Looking for a City," 
and in that song that's actually like, the song he sings in that video <laughs> yeah. oh no so there are like two or three chord change or like key changes where he keeps going up and one of the things that they do in the in the in his actual show is they keep upping the the key change even more so than what the actual recorded version is just to see how high he can go and it's you're like six or seven key changes into this and he's just like he's just going <laughs> and still he can and just, still announcing exactly every word and so it's like Man, this is crazy. Yeah. Except for there's like two or three key changes where the guy doesn't change Just the key because yeah. he like can't go higher. Yeah. It's it's great. I'll show you after this. Yeah, yeah. so that, that kind of world's got to be cool to grow up in in terms of music. I've learned that. A lot of people down here, obviously, it's the buckle of the Bible belt. We were up in the Northeast. We didn't we didn't have that, you know? Yeah. Like, like I didn't know who Michael W. Smith was growing up. I, yeah. didn't, know that, I didn't know that name until <laughs> yeah. I came down here, and I've learned he's like a big dude and everything. So what made you want to pursue country instead of Christian? Um, growing up in both worlds. Yeah, probably just, I don't know. It, one of those things being a, uh, a pastor's kid, you either want to grow up and be a pastor or you want to grow up and you just don't want to be a pastor at all. And yeah. I, I was in the don't want to be a pastor at all. Like, obviously, I mean, I still go to church and I still, you know, keep, keep my faith, you know, in the forefront of, of my life as best I can. But it was one of those things where, you know, the spotlight's always on you, especially as a, a preacher's kid. Like, anytime you're running in the hallway when you're not supposed to be running through the hallway, and they're like, and that's a preacher's kid <laughs> running through the hallway of the church. And it's like, I just didn't want, I just didn't want to, to do that. And, and also, anytime really like really, you mess up, like they're like, oh, that's your stereotypical preacher's kid. Yeah, exactly. Or PK, exactly. as they call it. And, and a, lot of, a lot of country music, you know, they kind of have, you know, they're, they're a Christian or, or gospel like country music out oh, there all the time which is yeah. why I love country music because you can sing about anything and it can be you know relatable to, to country music or the south in general the Bible Belt whatever yeah. it may be yeah. yeah yeah no absolutely and even with a lot of the modern stuff like it's just there, there's that kind of touch into it, and and then you go back to guys like Vince Gill that were really blending it, like over as time that mountain things yeah. like that. Like there's some heavy, definitely. Well, you cool you look at there. look at Steve Mokler. The way I ran into Steve Mokler was he did a uh, concert with uh, Drew Holcomb and the Neighbors at at my auditorium at my Christian University, and he gets up there and he's playing covers. And you know, at the time I was like, you know, he has a good voice, but there's nothing that just like, stands out. And when he got through playing these Christian covers, he was like, I'm going to play some of my new new stuff that I just wrote. He said, uh, "He said, uh, hold y'all's ears. This this next song that I'm going to play has a cuss word in it. And uh, he was like, it's called Damn Do I Think About You. And so this is the first Steve Mogler song that I heard. And midway through, I was just like, this is phenomenal. It's like he doesn't do all these things. He doesn't walk by these fancy stores and want to buy all this stuff. But damn, do I think about you. It's just like... It was the first time that it grabbed me, and I was like, man, this is phenomenal. <laughs> yeah, now when was that moment for you where you're like, all right, I, I love hearing these songs. I love the stories these songs tell. Let me sit down and write one myself. When did you write your first song? Yeah, so in uh, 2015, I moved away from Jackson, which is where I was playing music with my buddy Andrew Knight, uh, and he played guitar and I sang. And so when I moved away... He was in Jackson, I was in Memphis, and music was either going to stop or I was going to learn how to play guitar. So I picked up a guitar, got a guitar for my birthday in 2015, and uh, started learning how to play, started doing these these covers and things like that. The first cover that I ever put out was Hurricane. Okay. And uh, nobody knew I sang, and so 
it started getting shared and shared and shared. And like a week or two later, like it was over like 10,000 plays on Facebook. And like, everybody was like, oh my gosh, I didn't know you could sing and stuff like that. And so it got to a point where I was doing these, these covers and I was like, you know, this is cool and all, but maybe I could try to write my own stuff because take you back even further. When I was in high school, uh, at church, I had a buddy of mine named Brandon Jones, and we started a Christian rap group called Christ Followers Productions. Christian rap yeah, group. Yeah, it's called CFP, now, Christ I'm a, Followers now, I'm Productions. Intrigued. Where can I find that material? Because I'm intrigued. <laughs> I have a CD. I have a CD at, at my house. But it was this, this was when so we had everything uploaded to MySpace. So it was like everybody at my churches, it was like their cover song on their MySpace page. <laughs> and it was me and Brandon. And the cool thing was it was like instrumentals from like well-known rap songs. Like Yo Gotti and Young Jeezy, yeah. like these trap rap songs, and we would take the instrumentals and write a song about Jesus. So I, I was writing songs then, but it wasn't until after college when I started, you know, actually taking it serious and, and writing country who's songs. The, who's the Christian rapper you and Coda always talk about, Tyler? Which one? There's one that you guys. Or Toby yeah. Lecrae, yeah, there's one that you guys always talk yeah, about. Yeah, it's Lecrae, like the one one six click. I didn't, I didn't realize that Christian rap was like a thing. Oh yeah, until yeah. I got down here and then I started listening. I'm like, oh, this is actually really catchy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I and mean, they, Lecrae, Lecrae was top Billboard, like overall. Whenever he releases an album, like it seriously makes waves across every like community. Like it's not just like he's the first Christian artist. Uh, I think since DC Talk did it back in the 90s with Jesus Freak and all that, like, crosses platforms Jesus that Freak, well. Yeah. Jesus Freak. Yeah. So Lecrae does a really good job, and, I, and I'm, I don't listen to Lecrae. I haven't listened to Lecrae in a while. I don't listen to it as much as I used to, but Lecrae does a good job of coming out with music that is not only Christian but secular as well. So you could listen, it, like, an, you, you can reach such a wide variety of audiences. So, like, someone who's not big into Christian music could listen to Lecrae and be like, no, I could listen to this yeah. on the road with my boys. Also, yeah. he gets guys like Metro Boomin and like all those guys to produce his stuff. So he's not just like calling out like Christian guys to help him produce stuff. Like he's getting the guys that are producing, you know, for Lil Wayne, G Easy, like all those guys. He's it. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. And he's not he, afraid to go into the secular world. No, and he's called a lot of crap for that too. Like there's been shit shows of like people being like, I can't believe you to like even associate with this guy. Like, uh, there was a time where, like, there was a rumor going around that he was going to be doing an album with Kanye. Oh, wow. And he lost a ton of fans, but he also gained a ton because yeah. now you're putting the Kanye fans into his bracket. You know, like, yeah. as no, far as, like, marketing and stuff like that goes, like, the way he crosses over genres is brilliant. That's cool. So you were a Christian rapper for, for a hot minute. <laughs> How long did that go on for? I'm honestly intrigued. Man, uh, Matthew McSwain, the Christian rapper. Uh, only, only for Drop us some bars real quick. <laughs> nah, Come on. I can't do that. It's been too long. Been too long. Yeah, it was, it was probably a couple years in, in uh, high school. And looking back, you know, if you listen to it, you'd probably throw it out the window. But at the time, it was cool. And, and all of our friends thought it was cool. And it's your creativity <laughs> going up. That I mean, without that, maybe you're not writing the way that you're writing yeah, now. Honestly, Just getting getting yeah. that creative process yeah. going when you're in high school. So we had a uh, Guitar Hero mic that we would plug into his mom's computer, and <laughs> nice. we would we would rap. Mainly, I mean, I would I would rap, but mainly I was just like singing hooks and choruses and things yeah. like that, which is kind of my go to now. I come up with hooks and choruses and you know verses too. But if the hook and chorus isn't right, then the song's not right, you know. Yeah, so Tyler usually asks this one. I'll ask it today. Are you more melody 
or more lyric? What's kind of your mindset when you're going in? Like, what's your role when you get into a writing room? Do you feel like you have a specific one? Or do you start with like a beat, or do you just start like with a lyric, or do you start so with the chords? Cool, the cool thing is, when I first started writing music, I didn't know how to play guitar, so everything yeah. I wrote was acapella, and I would just send it to my buddy. So it's kind of like a hearing. And when it first started, it was hearing a melody, hearing a chorus, hearing a hook, and then writing the song that way. But now it's more so ideas. You think of an idea, and then you write a song based off of that. And depending on what the idea is, sometimes the first thing that comes is the verse. Or sometimes, you know, the first idea you have is, like, the hook. And so it just depends. Every every song's different. At the beginning, I would I would probably say I was writing choruses first. Okay. But, yeah, now it's, now it's more so just centralized around an idea of a song, the hook of a song, and then what do you want the verse to be about to get you to the hook? How do you want to get to the hook? Yeah, it's just the goal of of getting there. You kind of set like a like a line and like a line or like a pinpoint further down, and it's how do you build yeah. that point? Which I've seen you do. I've been able to be in the room for at for like a couple times when you've been hanging out with Ethan yeah. and Dave or some of those guys yeah. in writing, and that's a cool process. Now, what's going on for you in 2019? I know we're halfway through the year, a little bit more than halfway through the year at this point. Damn, time's going by fast. Yeah, I know. but uh, what were some of your goals coming into this year, and what do you got going forward? as we uh, creep towards the end of 2019. Yeah, so I uh, came out with my first single in September of last year and then came out with a, a full five-song EP, which had that single on there in November of last year. And I recorded that with a, a good friend of mine, Thomas Toner, who is how I know, excuse me, You're Carly good. Rogers, who, because uh, he, he produces Upchurch, so yeah. that's how he met Carly. How did you meet Thomas Toner? Yeah, uh, so a buddy of mine called Chucky, his name's Chuck Cadden, uh, he actually goes by Chucky V, he's a rapper as well, Just he, he actually last week just came out with a song that featured uh, Upchurch on there, so go check that out, it's called Way Back, Okay, <laughs> but uh, it's on YouTube, but anyways, he hit me up, and he was like, hey, my buddy Thomas, who produces my music, is trying to, is kind of wanting to venture out and, and do some more country stuff, um, he'd be interested in hearing some of your stuff, so I sent him some stuff, uh, got in contact with him, and then that's how we, we came up here. And at the time, I wasn't working this job now, so when I came to Nashville, it was like once every month, once every other month. Yeah. And so it took forever to record those five songs. But once we got them out um, and, and got them going, then uh, those came out, those five songs, and then in December, we started recording some singles. So I came out with three singles beginning of this year. Um and then since then, getting in this this group that I'm in, it's just a lot of songwriting. That's really what I'm focusing on right now, which I, I messaged Thomas the other day, and we're going to get in the studio before too long and try to start demoing out, you know, because we have like 15 or 20 songs probably that, that, that come to mind that we've written, you know, here recently, and just trying to see what kind of vibe we get in the studio and see which one we want to roll with. Because in, in today's day and time, you know how it is. People are putting out singles left and right, just trying to get those playlisted, trying to get those listens to. So I think... I'm going to try to get a few more singles out, uh, you know, or maybe a small EP, like a two or three song EP, just to get those out. Yeah, what's that mindset like? Of Me and Tyler were actually talking about it yesterday, um, going singles versus a five or six song EP. What's that? What's your thoughts on something like that? Yeah, so I think it's really good for an artist like me or the artists that are coming up to do singles because you can get those, you can push one single a lot harder than you can a whole EP. It's It's easier to digest one song than it is five songs. If you put out five songs or you put out five of anything, you know, you have five choices of dessert, it's going to be 
some people get this, some people get this, some people get that. Whereas if you put out one song, everybody can share that one song and everybody can listen to it and build up anticipation for the next single. And, you know, you bring in a playlist where you can you can submit your songs to get put on playlists on Spotify yeah. and get them heard that way. So you if you you can only do one at a time. So if you're doing an EP, you can't do all five songs. You can only submit one. And you might mess up and submit the wrong one. Where one would have got on a playlist, but... I can see why you're a good sales guy, by the way. The way that you're talking about it and just presenting it, very, very sales guy, like good stuff right there. Um, So single, is is there one you think that'll be out before the end of the year? There definitely will be one out before the end of the year. Uh, To say which one. Oh, no, that's a tough question. I I know Uh, how big your catalog is getting right now. Definitely we'll have some out. uh, I've written some really good, good songs lately with, with Ethan and Jody and, and, uh, and Logan and, and all of them, so it's been it's been really cool. We have a, a lot to to decide as far as what I want to put out. You know, this is a good yeah. good good problem to have. Now, circling back to that West Tennessee crew of Jackson, Memphis, Martin, that whole I just call it West Tennessee because it's all pretty spaced out, but it's all yeah. in the same kind of central area. How'd you meet those guys? Yeah, it's, it's kind of crazy because I either followed them or knew of them for a while uh, before I actually met them. I met Logan, my so my EP came out November 2nd or 3rd, and uh, I was on my way to a Tennessee Vols game, and we stopped downtown to to just hang out that night. And we went to Whiskey Jam, and I ran into – or not Whiskey yeah. Jam, went into Whiskey Row and ran into Logan. And Logan was like, hey, man, you just put out an EP, didn't you? It sounds really good. I was like, yeah. So then we got to hanging out like a month later, and then that's how I met everybody. Met everybody through Logan. By through the way, Logan, yeah. go balls. By the way, go balls. I, I, exactly. I don't have. I don't have a horse. I don't have. I don't have a horse in the in the big race that is the SEC. But, so you're uh, going to choose the loser. That's what you're going to choose. I'm going to choose the opposite. Just like the kid that grows. Like my little brother's a Red Sox fan. I mean, my family were all diehard Yankees fans. Yeah. He was the one that was like, I want to be different. I'm going to do that. So you know what? I can't wait for the day when the Tennessee Volunteers stomp Alabama. Might be years down the road, but I can't wait for it to happen. Decades down the road. You it's mean? not going to be decades. <laughs> oh, They're man. getting there. They're getting Did you there. see the mess that was there. Tennessee like a couple years ago where they fired like everybody and all that kind of stuff? It's Did you just, see it's that? Just, you guys haven't been caught yet. That's Did what you I see. Said. The key thing he said though. Years ago, what's going on right now? We're on the build. It was like two years ago. Right now, we're better. We're better today than we were yesterday. Wait, was that even two years ago? Was that before last year? Two years ago. Yeah, we're like they tried to hire this coach, and like the whole campus rioted. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. And then, like, the yeah. athletic director got fired. We didn't want like, We didn't yeah. want Hey, you know what? They're on the up and up. They're getting there. Like exactly. they say in Knoxville, it's a great day to be a Tennessee volunteer. It's great to be a Tennessee ball. Yes, which, it is. Which I'm a big Virginia Tech fan. And you guys, uh, that damn battle at Bristol game, it was a great first quarter. <laughs> I was at that game, actually. I was at that game, and it was a great first quarter. Tech was competing, and then after that, it was just Rocky Top every every ten minutes. Yeah. And I was like, God damn it! I I like the song, but I don't want to hear it anymore. It's yeah. like hearing a song on Broadway a million times. I'm glad you like. I'm glad you said that. It is a good song. Even uh, people who don't like Tennessee say it's a good song. So. It's just catchy. He might not, but it's a good song. No, hey, no, it's hey, a good song. I'm from Bluegrass World. We play that song yeah. all the time. Yeah, he grew so. up in Bluegrass, so he was yeah. singing Rocky Top, whether he liked it or not. Yeah. Now, real quick, who are some people that you're listening to right now on Spotify? If you were to pull up your Spotify yeah. or Apple Music. Who do we got on there for the recently played? Let me see. And you're not on Twitter, are you? Yeah, I'm on Twitter. You are? Do you do you have any like crazy oh. weird tweets and shit? No. Because we did all that all with sports. Uh, we, what, oh, we did okay. The, let me get your Twitter handle. No, uh, actually, let me see. Because we did that with Jody, and Jody has some funny So tweets. I had tweets when I was in college, and for whatever reason, yeah. my, my Twitter got... And I never tweeted anything 
vulgar or nasty or anything like that. Yeah. My Twitter got locked out, and so I started yeah. a new one. And since then, I honestly, 95% of my tweets are about sports. It's a Mick Swanson for. Mick Swanson? Mick Swanson. Where's the Swanson from? <laughs> that was just what some buddies of mine called me in, in college and high school, Mick Swanson. Are you a Braves? M-C-S-W-A-I-N. Are you a, are you a Braves fan? No, I'm not. Okay. What's <laughs> not, he, no. Are you a baseball Cardinals fan? Cardinals fan. Yeah. Okay. I respect that. The other team of the South. Yeah, I got it. I respect it. that. I got it. It's yeah. crazy how 4G was the new thing a few years back. It was so fast. Now when I have four bars of 4G, my phone turns into a paperweight. Yeah, that's a tweet. That's a tweet of mine. It's true. If you have 4G, even if it's four bars of 4G, you might as well just put your phone down because it does nothing. Yeah, especially in Nashville. Where yeah. There's like a lot of people. I'm convinced that 4G is not You do a lot f- of Tiger Tracker. What's oh, I'm tig- a huge Tiger Woods fan. What? Oh, you're a big golf guy. I, yeah, I played golf in college a couple of years, yeah. Okay. We got to get yeah. out in the links sometime. I haven't been Definitely. out since I've been south. I used to play in high school yeah. as well. We got we to gotta go out and do that. So Tiger Tracker is a guy that I think he's employed by Golf Central, like the TV show. Uh, and he just goes to every single tournament that Tiger plays in and tweets every single thing that Tiger does. Like and every so shot. Every, like, literally every single shot. So like yeah. when he's not on TV, like because sometimes they broadcast, like he'll tee off at 8 in the morning and broadcast and start yeah. at 1. I, that's how I keep up with it. So I'm, I'm Had just, to be the absolute worst fake field goal that I've ever seen. I'm still baffled. What was that about? Yeah. Uh, so somebody one seven nineteen. Somebody oh, was, was that somebody Alabama? Somebody was talking mess about. Uh, yeah, that was uh, Alabama Georgia. Uh, yeah. And, yeah, yeah. I think that's what that it was. was. Bad. Yeah. When when uh, Georgia went for it. Georgia faked it. Yeah. Yeah. Like that. There are another team that hasn't beaten Alabama, right? Who do you hate more as a Tennessee fan? Kentucky, Florida. Georgia, oh yeah, Florida. <laughs> Florida. The SEC hates two teams, Florida and LSU. Yeah, I hate Florida. I hate Alabama, but yeah, I hate Florida. Because the thing about Alabama is like, we can't really justify it. Like, even if you hate Alabama, they're going to beat you every year. But like, Florida's always in that conversation where like, Florida's the if game. Like, if we can beat Florida, it'll be, we'll get, we'll have eight wins this year. And then we get to Florida and because usually you play terrible teams at the beginning of the year. Yep, so you, you play your cupcakes. Or 4-0, and then you play Florida. And it's like, if we can beat Florida, and then we can get some momentum going to SEC play. But most of the time, we don't beat Florida. So. Also with Florida, Florida's like, I mean, it's another Florida school. So, like, it's in the same bracket as Miami and, like, Florida State. Yep. Where, like, it's just dirty football. Oh, absolutely. Like, I'm a Virginia Tech fan. I've grown up watching Virginia Tech-Miami games and Virginia Tech-Florida State games. Yeah, I know how yeah, dirty. Yeah. Remember Brandon Spikes freaking just eye-gouging people um, yeah. in the SEC. He did that for years. I mean, they brought in Tebow to try to clean up their look, but even then, that team, like— It was still dirty. It Percy, was still bad. Percy Harvin, Chris Rainey, all those guys. Well, you had Hernandez, Hernandez on that team. Hernandez, Hernandez, was, on Hernandez that team. was on that Yeah. Yeah, I think he was. He was. <laughs> he was. <laughs> So, so real quick, who do you yeah, listen yeah. to on Spotify? On back, Spotify. Yeah, Tyler Gray's all, all distracted with that damn Twitter thing. Well, I listened to your podcast this morning because right, Jody awesome. was on there. So I appreciate, the by the way, I appreciate the support we both do yeah. of, that you've had for the podcast going way back. Definitely. We've had a lot of mutual friends that we've had on here, so yeah, we appreciate definitely. you listening and shouting us out. Definitely. Uh, I got a write later this afternoon with Bailey Manns, so I played some Bailey Manns on the way over here just trying to get in the, the right mindset, okay. you know? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Ethan Willis, uh, the new Machine Gun Kelly album. Okay, so you, yeah. so you throw on some hip hop and some yeah, rap. Yeah, yeah. You, you like yeah. that stuff. Okay. Uh, I also play uh, 
I also play weekend softball, and so yesterday we won. Uh, I saw that. Congratulations. We won a state championship yesterday, and we won the one a couple weeks ago. So we played some Drake back-to-back to celebrate. So Drake's on there. Uh, I co-wrote on a song called Saturdays Are For The Boys with Hunter Jordan and Ethan Willis, and that came out this week. So that's on there. Yep. Congrats on that. Yep. Musky Down Bloodline. Some Nas. Or Nas. Now, you know Tyler's connection with that, right? With who? Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So he's out on the road with those boys. What are your thoughts on those guys? Because those are two country guys yeah. that are just doing it. So one of the first, actually the first Luke Combs concert I went to was in Iron City in, uh, in Alabama. And Muscadine Bloodline and Joey Fortner opened up. It was Joey playing acoustic and then Muscadine opened up before uh, Luke Combs. And uh, they were phenomenal. Yeah, uh, I really like them a lot. Even their old stuff. You know, you can tell that there's a difference between their old stuff and their new stuff now. But yeah, they're they're really good, really solid guys. They complement each other really well. Yeah. That's All cool. right. Before we wrap this up, I do have this oh, trio of tweets oh, that no. are gold. Gosh. Okay, here we go. That's why I don't have a Twitter, by the way. This is all within a month of each other, too. So the first one, ESPN has the dumbest stats. Like Razan Rondo is the first player to score 13 points, grab 10 rebounds, and spit in Chris Paul's face in the same game. It's true. It's true. And that'll be a headline. IDK, what's worse, Florida fans booing their quarterback or Frank scoring and telling Florida fans to shut up? <laughs> That's true. Terrible. They do. They and do now here's the good it. one. Oh, God. Just got passed by a woman with an Alabama sticker on the back glass. She gave me the look like I was driving too slow. Two miles later, she's on the shoulder with blue lights in her rear view. Slow your roll tide. Hashtag go Vols. <laughs> Slowly rolls out. That, that's gold. That, that right was there. good. That was good. <laughs> that's, that's a good one right there. What if people good. follow you on Twitter? Where? Yeah, where? Nick Swanson four. I also Swanson. have an Instagram. Yeah, what? Matthew yeah, McSwain what you, dot music. I believe is, is what it is. Got a Facebook too. Matthew McSwain music. So awesome, yeah, man. You can find it all there. Now we're gonna have you grab the guitar. What song you want to play for us today? Uh, probably gonna play a song that I wrote with my buddy uh, Ethan. I also wrote with Jody and my buddy um, Joseph Melashevsky. Uh, we wrote a song called "She Got Over Me." Yeah, I've heard this one. It's yeah. frick, it's a freaking banger. I, yeah, that's what I love too. I love being around what you guys do as songwriters. And just randomly, I'll get a text from Ethan, or I'll get a text from, say, Tyler, or I'll get a text from Dave, or or some of our other friends, and it'll just be a work tape. And I'm like, oh boy, I got something new to listen to on the way home. And every it sounds good, dude. It's it's awesome. So appreciate it. Keep doing what you're doing, bro. Thanks for hanging out with yeah, us. Yeah, it's been awesome. Thank you guys for having me. It's a uh, bucket nope, list. No nope. bucket list. Oh <laughs> yeah. shit, hear that, Tyler? We're on somebody's bucket. <laughs> usually, it's I'm my on, first podcast. Hey, you know? hey, usually, I'm on a shit list, not a bucket list. So I'll take what I can get. Yeah, yeah. Tyler, another one in the books, brother. Um, yep. Where can people go to find us? Uh, you can go to Instagram, In The Round Podcast. If you want a personal page, it's at Matt Burrill, at just a wandering Tyler. Does it sound like wandering or wandering? Don't ask me. I, I, <laughs> yeah. All the time, people Alabama. ask me, what am I, what am I, are you saying, are you saying whatever or, or whatever? I'm like, yeah, that's what I'm, that's what yeah, I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Is they're uh, saying think or think? I'm like. Yes, I'm saying thank. <laughs> You're Southern English. And then uh, Facebook in the round. Um, we don't have a Twitter yet. Oh, Tyler's in the process of wanting to make one, though, and I, I'm scared of what's going to be on there. That's all you. That's all producer Tyler freaking putting all this stuff See, if we there. have an in the round podcast, we're just going to, like, roast people on Yeah, it. we're just going to roast. Oh, yeah. It. Tyler's got, like, four troll accounts, by the way. He had five, but one of them just got reported. Yeah, I, and I really went after so if I get if I get any... Request after this, I got to be on the lookout. It might be a. It might be account. a Tyler, a Tyler Lassard. <laughs> I haven't done that to anybody yet. 
Like yeah. I, I'll follow you on my personal account, but I haven't went after anybody yet on the podcast. He went after um, Old Town Road. I went Road. after Old Town Road really heavy the other night, and uh, yeah, that, that account called a lockout oh, block. Oh, yeah, got a little flag, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I didn't get a flag. I got a, like, ejection from Twitter. Oh, like, no. I do not have access to that account anymore, oh, so. Well, yeah, so be on the lookout for Tyler's troll accounts. Matthew McSwain, check him out. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. You got the EP out. You got all yeah. kinds of stuff, and hopefully a new single out sooner rather than later. Definitely exactly, by the yeah. end of the year. And now here he is with one that he wrote with some of our good buddies. This one is called She Got Over Me. Thanks for listening to the In The Round Podcast. Roll time. There was a knock on the door this morning. Thought, who the hell could it be? It was a suit and tie man with a stack of papers from the state of Tennessee. Well, I was thumbing through the pages and reading there in red. Wasn't a list of things she didn't want She was leaving me instead Well, I got the house on 20 acres And I got the keys to the truck And an old basketball strapped down to a 12-foot trail I got the frames on the wall, the cows, the dog Her designer shoe collection Got more than I could ever need. She got over me. No, I can't believe she didn't take a thing like that Kendra Scott necklace and all those diamond rings. And what the hell's a guy to do? With all this Maybelline But I got the house On 20 acres And I got the keys to the truck And an old basketball Strapped down to a 12 foot trail I got the frames on the wall The couch, the dog Her designer shoe collection Got more than I could ever need She got over Trailer. I got the house on 20 acres, and I got the keys to the truck and an old basketball strapped down to a 12-foot trailer. I got the frames on the